Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest all the way from Barcelona. Welcome to the show, Billy Kiels. Hey, Victor. Thanks so much. It's, uh, it's always nice to be back. Always great to see you. And uh, looking forward to another great conversation. Well, great to have you here. And boy, we've been through an extraordinary couple of years here. It's been a little while since you were last on the show. The last time you were on the show, we were all in lockdown in the middle of the pandemic. For the folks who haven't met you yet, maybe give a little bit of your backstory and how you got to this point in your journey, because I know there's a couple of inflection points in your journey right now. Yeah, Victor, there have been uh, a number of inflection points. And so, yes, the last time we were speaking to one another, we were uh, completely in lockdown and a lot of different things were happening uh, very differently, uh, I, at least from my perception of what was happening in North America versus what was happening here um, in, uh, in, in Spain specifically, right? Because I've been living in Spain now for the last 15 years. I've been living in Europe for the last 21 years. Um, between France, Italy, uh, as well as Spain. Uh, and probably one of the things that you mentioned that has been a major inflection point in, in my life, um, because um, as you know, in, in real estate has been a big part of that for the last decade of the 26 years that I was working in my corporate career. Um, that last 10 years, I, I really started to invest much more in real assets, specifically in real estate and a number of other things. But because of the work that I'd been doing from that previous decade, Victor, and a lot of the lessons that that even you and I have spoken about offline, I was able to move away from the corporate life after 26 years. And, and it wasn't really because I, I liked corporate life. It was one that afforded me a great lifestyle. I was you know, making a lot more money than I ever thought I would, and I had lots of recognition. But unfortunately, my father got really, really ill. And because of the work that I'd been doing and the investing that I'd been doing as, a, as somebody who was on the right side of the, of the quadrant, as Robert Kiyosaki would say, it was one of the things that allowed me to be able to walk away from the corporate life and really focus more of my time and energy on my family as well as uh, on loved ones. So that's uh, that's some of the things that have happened after 26 years, no longer part of the corporate world, uh, continue to take a lot of great memories from there and now continue to uh, focus my, my time and energy on the on the right side of the quadrant and, and doing that while always living in Barcelona, Spain. So that's one of the things that I do appreciate. Although I'm originally from Columbus, Ohio, I've been, like I said, over here in Europe for the last 21 years. Well, and you've been investing in the US, been doing this from a distance, been doing it successfully. And that's a whole... If for listeners who haven't met you before, maybe go back and search for the original interview that we did with Billy back then, where he talks about the the whole process of distance investing, because that's a, a fascinating story as well. Obviously, the the world has changed so much in the last 120 days, and it's changed for you as well, just with moving out of the corporate world, a transition that I made um, now 13, 14 years ago. And that is a huge change. Even more important than that, things have changed in particular in Europe, in particular in Spain. Why don't you give a little bit of your perspective on even from the European point of view? Yeah, sure. And so, you know, one thing, uh, even just to take a step back, Victor, because I've I've learned a lot from the things that you even shared with me when you were when you were on my podcast. And thank you for that. And you're like on episode seven, so it was right in the very beginning. But a lot of the things that you've counseled and talked to about is really like that transition from corporate life and being able to do it in a way that made the most sense for each individual. And for me, I was, I, you know, I listened to the council and I also made sure that I was in a way that I was prepared financially to be able to make that transition. So being able to, to have wisdom and to be able to apply that was something that also helped in that transition. And 
as I've made that transition, it's it's come at a very, very unique point in time. As you mentioned, uh, we continue to see lots of the things that are happening geopolitically. Uh, we see, you know, things that are happening specifically here in, in the Ukraine. We've seen a lot of things that are happening uh, with with continued interest rates uh, increasing. We've seen that the, the U.S. dollar is now stronger uh, than the euro for the first time in uh, 20 some odd years. And specifically, as we start to now embark upon the, the fall of the of the year, we start to see a lot of things. And maybe this is a lot of what you're talking about in, in terms of the front line here in Spain specifically, right? Because each country has things that are a little bit differently. I was even uh, reading earlier today that I want to call it the blockades of uh, that are happening in, in Italy have finally now been uh, released. But here in, in Spain specifically, we start to see a lot of most people are, are really concerned about what's happening in the winter, what we're soon to be uh, embarking upon because of the the, the, the soon-to-be energy crisis, which is here, and the increase in, in terms of the electricity and things like that, that that are going up. There is a sense of concern. Um, they were even speaking today, or I think it was yesterday, maybe, in the Spanish version of the parliament, that you know they, there are some new regulatory items that have come down that are really to, meant to control the pricing on energy. And we've just found out that that will affect not everyone, right? It will affect individuals. It will affect very small businesses, less than 10 people. But if your business is larger than that, well, you are subject to the previous uh, energy prices and things like that. And so that will, I'm sure, have an effect on individuals that are now going back to work um, because we're seeing more and more people returning to work here as well, not as much um, working from from home office. Um, and so these are some of the things that I'm seeing that that I'm talking about, friends are talking about, and are being affected on the front line. So we can go anywhere you want from there. So we hear about the spot prices for natural gas. How is that translated into, let's say, your specific monthly energy bill? Yeah, so we're we're getting ready to, to see this. Well, you know, our energy bill, so I'll speak very, very much to, to my home. Um, we saw anywhere between, uh, even in, during the summer months and, and now, and I don't know what it's going to be moving forward, but anywhere between 40 uh, to 50% in terms of increase from what we had been previously paying just a year before. Very fortunately, in, in our particular situation in my home, that's something that we are able to absorb. There are lots of families that having that type of an increase in the energy price it means making decisions very much like the, the decisions that my my parents had to make when I was growing up because there were my both of my parents worked two jobs and any slight change in prices of, of energy or food really affected the way that they made decisions. And so there is a large portion of the population here in Spain that will be largely affected by this this increase in, in, in terms of energy. And that will you know, depends on how much they are actually going to regulate it now moving forward, uh, what the actual impact will be. So hopefully that hopefully that makes sense. Yeah. And, and those are massive increases. If you consider that in many parts of Europe, the actual monthly wage between someone that is, say, in a very senior role versus a fairly junior role, let's say someone works for a bank, the difference in pay between those two strata, between the entry level and the top level, is surprisingly narrow compared to what it is in the United States. There's much more upward mobility income-wise than there is uh, in Europe. And and most I don't think many people in, in the States or in North America truly understand how compressed salaries are in Europe. 
Yeah, that's a great point, Victor. And a lot of times people will, you know, you have the conversation and you think, okay, well, somebody is working at, you know, I'll just use a bank as an example. I don't have the specific details, but you sure. know, someone that's working on the front line, well, you know, maybe they're making a thousand euros a month, something like that. Let's just let's make it very, very basic. And the person that's actually running the branch or, or someone who's in the home office, they may not be more than six times that, which may seem like a lot. But if you consider that in the U.S. specifically, maybe um, that I'm sure is probably... 10, 15, 20 times uh, the difference. But here, as you, to your point, it's very much compressed. So there's a larger portion of, of the society that will be impacted by these very slight sometimes changes and sometimes major, as I talked to you about uh, our own energy bill, but also will depend on the sector that you're working in. I know a lot of people that are working in the IT space, specifically in the software space, that was the world that I was living in. That was the world that I was a part of. And it's also disproportionately, the salaries are also disproportionately on the higher end when you're in uh, those types of companies versus a, a local company. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, when you have energy prices going up, it's not just affecting your electricity bill in your own home. It, it affects the entire food chain. Everything, every product that you you purchase, every piece of food that comes into your house ends up having the energy component that produces that go up by that same multiple. Yeah. I mean, this is one of the things that I think, well, to your point, a lot of people, when you, when you are creating an, uh, whatever the, the end product is, there's the two major components. There's the energy component and there's the labor component. And so as you're looking at the labor tends to stay more or less the same or decreasing, well, we've seen some of that, the energy portion as it begins to increase, it means that your food is more expensive. The food that you're eating at a restaurant or something that you may be purchasing because the energy component has gone up, the overall price has, has also gone up, which affects ultimately uh, ability to, to consume and or invest. When I look, for example, at property prices here in North America and I compare them to property prices in Europe, I often see apartments, buildings that are selling for far below construction cost, where in fact, uh, the thing that's really driving the price for that, that apartment, that condo, whatever it might be, is strictly affordability. The lending ratios are not what they are here in the States. You're not going to get a 95 or 97% loan in Europe. You're lucky if you're going to get 50%. Yes, that, you're, you're absolutely correct. And because you have this perspective on things, yes, I mean, you, there are not the same, um, you know, 80% loan to value. These types of, of things are much more, more conservative. I would say one thing, though, Victor, the rates tend to be, uh, if we look at it on a, on a residential side, I know we're talking a lot residential as well as commercial, but they, they tend to be on a, on a fixed rate perspective. Um, they can be slightly lower, slightly. On the variable side, which I'm not a big fan of variable and on the residential kind of things, you will tend to find them slightly uh, lower, but then you're, you're also looking at the variability of the rate and, and what that could happen in the future. I'm not a big fan of that lack of predictability, but that's just, uh, that's just me. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, housing relatively is inexpensive in Europe compared with compared with the United States in terms of, let's say, dollar per square foot, unless, of course, you're building new because, you know, cost of construction, it's mostly concrete construction. It's it's much more expensive than your average housing would be here in, in North America. But if you're buying existing product, often older product, um, it, it's actually quite a bit less than the cost of construction, even in today's market. Absolutely. I mean, you've, you've pretty much stated it. Yes. So you're, 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 you're spot on in that analysis and, and recognition and being able to share that knowledge uh, across the pond. Yep. I would agree with you. Really, when people are evaluating their monthly budget, you know, there's so much to go to housing, so much to go to food, so much to go to energy. 
I mean, we often hear about people living paycheck to paycheck here in North America. There's a large population percentage of the population that do that. Are you seeing the same thing in Europe that people are still also living paycheck to paycheck? Are they able to save more? Are they able to manage their money a little bit better? So there's kind of two two different things that are, are happening here because there is, and I'll, I'll use Spain very specifically because there is this tendency also, and maybe even more go more micro here in Barcelona where I am, there is a large tendency to have your primary residence as something that is is handed down and or inher- is handed inherited. Excuse me, having that property, so the 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 lodging or the housing component somewhat covered, and then you have the, your taxes on the on the actual the good that is pretty much taken care of. But then there is still the the idea of being able to at the end of the month that there is a large portion of the population. I don't have the specific statistic on it, Victor, but that still live paycheck to paycheck. I'm mm-hmm. trying to understand because you see energy increasing or because you see transportation costs increasing or, 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 or energy, what have you, um, that there is still a large portion of the population that um, lives paycheck to paycheck. And that is taking into consideration that the, the housing component many times is already taken care of, or you have, it's quite frequent where you have someone that is even at an, an older age, and I'm going to say into your late twenties or thirties that is still living uh, at home. And so that's also something to, to, to take into consideration. So Spain is a much warmer climate than Northern Europe and energy of course is important. What is the sense on the street for this coming winter? I know that Spain imports a lot of liquefied natural gas, some of it even coming from the United States. They've done that certainly for the last several years, and I expect that's going to continue. Uh, what is the sense, apart from the fact that just energy prices across the border are increased? Yeah, so it's interesting because there's a, there's a constant conversation. Is Spain actually utilizing their most powerful resource, which is of the sun. And typically down in the south, there's the, the question of, 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 of wind energy and, and being able to use solar energy as well. Um, so that kind of a, a, a side topic. But with the consideration that is being underutilized, number one, uh, and, and a need to build additional infrastructure to be able to bring more uh, energy, produce more energy from solar in the south of Spain specifically. Um, that's one thing. So not utilizing maybe its maximum capacity. The other is similar to what we would we mentioned before, as we're looking at the influx of energy, and I'll speak more to the to the gas. I know you mentioned the, the liquefied natural gas, but it's the ability to like when I talk to friends of mine that are here, the question is, how much is that going to go up and what is that actually going to mean to me? Um, you know, I'm reading that, you know, they're not from from the east. They're not going to be able to get as much of the source of energy to us. Therefore, because there is a less of a supply, then that means that the actual price is going to go up because there is a larger need here locally. Without a doubt, Victor, like that's the biggest concern going into the winter is the ability to have ad- adequate supply because of the, well, the demand that increases every winter and the ability to, to afford the energy that is that is coming here. And then in the backdrop, a lot of people that are talking about, hey, listen, we're not actually even utilizing lesser costly modes of or means of, uh, of producing energy, which we have a lot of sun in the south uh, and we're not we don't have the infrastructure yet. Very interesting. So, so let's bring this back to the whole question of distance investing. I mean, you're based in Barcelona and Spain. You could, if you chose to, invest locally, what's local for you, and yet you still choose to invest in the U.S. Talk a little bit about that. 
Yeah, Victor. So th- there are a couple of different things that have tended to stay um, at the forefront of my investing thesis, right? And and there are really two primary things that are driving that. One is to be able to generate cash flow um, that would allow the you know like blood flow to the body, as uh, as as Russell Gray would say, and at the same time be able to have uh, tax benefits. And so I always look at that as you talk about a lot as well, Victor, you know, doing that compared to what? Being someone who is from North America, having access and knowledge of the market, understanding the political environment in the U.S. as well. I'm going to say North America, but specifically the U.S., Victor. And then also understanding the economic environment as well as the cultural environment when I'm able to compare where I live locally, although it, many people would consider that it's the easiest thing because it is my backyard, I've also, and maybe a lot of this comes from my corporate life and, and being able to manage businesses across Europe, Middle East, and Africa, I don't see the geography as a barrier. So when I compare where I live locally to what, being the US market, specifically in the locations where, where I've been investing, it just makes more sense for my context to be able to generate cash flow, as well as have the, um, what I consider to be superior tax benefits from the US based market because of the, the political infrastructure, the economic infrastructure and the cultural infrastructure in the US. That is what continues to bring my attention, my energy, as well as my, my currency to the US market. Um, it doesn't mean, however, Victor, that I don't continue to look at new opportunities because I think it would be irresponsible of me to not look at opportunities locally. I mean, look, you spent a lot of time investing in other locations and it took you a while and you're, you know, doing things in Ottawa. So it's a very similar kind of thought process in having that compared to what, which still has my focus uh, in the, in the U S in terms of being able to accomplish the, the, the goals and, and benefits that, that I'm looking for specifically. I love it. Well, Billy, if folks want to connect, if they want to learn more, what's the best way? Yeah, sure. There's a couple of things we've been doing for uh, helping uh, others to get to know about us. And you've been, like you mentioned, you've been the guest on the Going Long podcast with Billy Keels, episode seven. So thank you so much for that. Also, too, if someone is an accredited investor, they want to find out more about what we're doing to help uh, accredited investors uh, today, they can go to firstgencp.com forward slash pay less tax. Uh, and also, um, I really love connecting with people on LinkedIn. So you can always find me at LinkedIn. I think, Victor, that I'm still the only Billy Keels uh, here in Barcelona, Spain. So would love to uh, to connect that way. So and really appreciate, as always, Victor, the opportunity to exchange uh, ideas with you and, and spend some time together. Well, I love it. So definitely for the folks at home, connect with Billy at the Going Long podcast. It's a great show, uh, not just episode seven, but some of the other episodes, too. And connect with Billy at firstgencp.com. And in the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.